Today on The Topic Show, Vivek's tweet on the jailed reporter Owen Schroeper gets 1.5 million views in 10 hours. Ken McCarthy opens a formal impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. John Federer's video reacting to the Biden impeachment goes viral. UPS is raising prices after they agree to pay the union drivers $170,000 per year in cash and benefits. Who would have thought it? Ron DeSantis gets near five, or rather 0.5 million views for a tweet on the MNRNA COVID booster with caution. Apple Climate Change video is roasted on Twitter. Nike abandons their flagship store in Portland due to rapid crime. TikTok shop is officially launched in the United States. iPhone 15 changes are revealed and they're lackluster as usual. Oracle Stop drops the biggest since 2002. The WWE and UFC have officially merged into one new entity. And the EV Porsche Taycan, well, it's being recalled because of battery issues. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and service company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner and need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, Topping Technologies is giving away a free flamethrower with every September purchase. Go to toppingtechnologies.com to see additional details. Lastly, on the intro, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September. So if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have TikTok. Their shop is officially launched in the United States. Now, this is their e-commerce platform. And in the United States, they have over 150 million users, which is astronomically insane how many people have their eyeballs glued to the phones for that one particular app. Which again, I always think Microsoft should have bought that years ago just so they could be a US-based company and not be a Chinese spyware company where a lot of people are not adopting, even that big impressive rate, 150 million, a lot of people I know do not adopt the app on their phone because of the inherent security issues. But nevertheless, I digress. Some new features include a dedicated shop tab on the home screen, including tabs on the live video shopping, shoppable ads, and importantly enough, affiliate links for creators. That is going to be key. That is one of the fastest ways you can grow a product adoption and sales. Empower people to make a commission off of it. Affiliate links is one of those, affiliates in general, one of those popular sales models, I would say, in social media, bar none. Rudimentary speaking, if I were to say, for example, have a coffee company sponsor this, I would have an affiliate link and I would put it in the description. And if you click it, then you go to their website, whatever you purchase, I'd make a percentage commission off of that. It's a wildly successful business model. It's been done for quite some time. Now, granted, this is right now exclusively sponsored by Topping Technologies, the best tech company bar none. Perhaps I'm a little biased, but still. Now, it looks like in terms of the logistics and the background of how it's going to work, TikTok strategically partnered with Shopify. So now they're going to take care of pretty much all the back-end logistics, which also includes the crazy logistical nightmare trying to deal with all the shipping. And they're even having plugins for enterprise-grade software solutions, including things like Salesforce, which I think that shows kind of the wide array and diverse, the diverse type of which they're going after in terms of the sellers. That's one of the most common CRM or customer relationship management tools out there. I know they do everything's in sliced bread, but that's what they're mainly known for. And I would say they're mostly used by mid-sized to commercial accounts, or you know, I'd say between, eh, over a thousand employees, they start to really look at Salesforce. My company, my IT company loves it just because we find it very intuitive to use and been using it for years. 
So they're using Salesforce. They're also going to have other plugins, including with BigCommerce, Magneto, no relationship to X-Men. I did a little bit of work on that. Zendesk, Gorillas, and then they have a, they even have a 1440 customer phone number. So if you have issues, you actually call customer support, which is a rare thing in and of itself these days. Granted, it might be a robot or someone you moderately can't understand, but the option is still there. And for some folks, they really appreciate that, you know, stand, I guess not 1-800 number, but they appreciate a phone number that you can actually dial into. For particular situations, I would concur with that. Now, TikTok also told TechCrunch in an interview that they've already signed up more than 200,000 sellers. And they've had over 100,000 creators sign up for the affiliate program. So now Shopify and, well, Shopify for the logistics, for TikTok, they have people who are not only just benefiting this, but they're advertising it for them. So all the creators on TikTok, they just put that little Shopify, or rather, they were going to put the little TikTok shop URL there, and everyone's going to prosper because of that. It's a very mutual beneficial relationship, and I think it's going to help them grow exponentially. And they seem to be, seem to be almost, almost as if they're trying to become the everything app. Well, it'll be interesting to see how X and formerly Twitter tries to compete with them as these both companies are trying to do more and more, and add, which adds more value to the current clients. It'll be interesting to see which one wins the long race of the one app to become them all. But I always say time shall tell. Other interesting business news, you have the iPhone 15. The changes are revealed. And wow, good, good golly geez. It's got slightly thinner and a little bit better camera. Uh, who who could have called that? I mean, call this is pressing, breaking news. Now, perhaps the only interesting part that actually got people's attention was they are subsequently changing the charging port from a Lightning XY Banana Falcon, whatever they used to call it, to a USB-C, which is universal, very similar to the HDMI cable that you use for your DVD player, or as some might call it, a DVD player. So this can help consumers out in terms of it's a lot nicer to just have one cord to rule them all, one cord to find them, and in the darkness, charge them. Now you don't have to worry about buying the extra cables from Apple with the proprietary link. Now, in terms of engineering and Apple, their history using the Firefly and Firefox and Fire Banana, I'm only moderately joking. They, their marketing is very interesting to say the least, but they did engineer some fantastically fast wiring technologies, of course, software to support it. But one of the issues with Apple the EU, the European Union kind of came down and said, if you want to have your new phone here, you can't have this proprietary cord, which is a big controversial issue, went through myriad of court systems. And of course it was appealed, fought tooth and nail. But at the end of the day, it seems like Apple is going to acquiesce to the request and now they're going to do the USB-C. Now there's a lot of speculation and there's some people wondering, well, well, it might be this instance. You have the Apple USB-C cable, which the Apple logo is on. You buy it at the store for, well, 100 bucks or something preposterous like that. And then, of course, you can go to a rudimentary pejorative electronics store like Best Buy, and you can buy a standard off-the-shelf USB-C. Well, you probably can't because it's not in stock because they don't know how to stock inventory. So more realistically, you go to Walmart, and when you're buying groceries, you buy a USB-C cable there. Now, the theory is, and I think this might come to fruition, the Apple cord will charge your phone in let's say for example, full charge in an hour. And the one you get from Walmart, that cord, that'll do 10 hours to charge it. The technology is certainly there. Apple's got really good at using software to detect third-party chargers in the past. And I know in some instances you try to use a third party of, what is it, the Firefox? Not Firefox, 
the third-party Apple charger cord, and it would just say, I'm not authorized, won't work. Now, that in and of itself might be another lawsuit from the courts, and I don't know if the European Union would allow that, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of effects this will have. Now, other interesting, well, I say not too much interesting news, updates on the phones, you have the iPhone 15 Pro, the Pro Max, and they're going to have the newest features, and they're going to have faster chips, which is good for Apple, bad for the competition, since they've been making their own chips in-house for quite some time now. And they're also going to have, ooh, lightweight titanium casing. So it might, not guarantee, might not bend if you actually put it in your back pocket. I say might. Now, it looks like they're also going to have a souped-up telephoto camera lens, which, okay. It'll be interesting to see how many people stop caring about that once you get the resolution behind that's beyond the human eye to comprehend. The human eye can't see beyond 4K resolution. Granted, we might have robot eyeballs in a couple months or years, but right now, the human interface, or the rather human aspect, that's the bottleneck in terms of why I don't think our displays and laptops are anything. They're, uh, they're, I don't think they're going to go above 4K for quite some time. They're really the only benefit in videoing more than 4K is when you zoom in, you'll still have high resolution. That's the only argument I've heard. Let me know if you can think of any additional ones in the comments. Now, in terms of price points, it looks like the iPhone 15 will start at $799. Which, one of those things where, yeah, $799, but don't forget, you, depending on where you live, you know, 8.25% sales tax, and of course, you have to have the Apple Care, which I don't know, is a couple hundred bucks. I wouldn't know. Now, they have the iPhone 15 Pro. That starts, and again, good marketing, $999, which is a fascinating thing in... I think American culture, especially when it comes to the psychological phenomenon with marketing, they'll always think it's under a thousand dollars, even though we know that nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, you're going to have to pay an eight point two five percent sales tax. Well, at least where I live, and then you're going to, have to pay a couple hundred bucks for the Apple support. But mentally, it sounds like it's under a thousand dollars, and fascinatingly enough, that tends to work. Now they also note the iPhone 15 Pro Max X5 Banana Falcon. Well, they're not that creative. It's just called the i15 iPhone 15 Pro Max. I'm available for consulting, though, Tim Cook, if you ever want to hang out, so to say. Now, that one will start at $1,199. But dare I say, that's not enough. This one of those things where Apple, similar to, I believe, Ferrari, they can charge whatever the hell they want. Why not have a $2,000 iPhone? It will sell. People love Apple. I don't know what the volume would be in business for that $2,000 phone, but why the hell not? I can't help but think they would still certainly make a profit. And then of course they can use it for additional advertising and say, we make the best phone based on some nuanced, interesting feature that people might like. Ideally they won't just put bedazzle with BS diamonds, which some jewelers do to make the most expensive things, which it's always this point when you look up like what's the most expensive laptop in the world. It's just a regular laptop with a couple of diamonds thrown on it. Personally, I'd be much more impressed if they put into engineering research and development, but that's just my three cents. Now, it looks like they'll have the new iPhone created not only in China, or as some might call it, China, which one of the greatest contributions is that hilarious pronunciation. It'll never go away. You'll all, every time you hear China, you'll think of it, whether we like it or not. Now, they'll actually start producing them in India as well, which is brilliant in terms of the Indian prime minister as their economy keeps brute boosting exponentially, they have some negotiations in which if you want to have an Apple store there, you have to start manufacturing there, which part of geopolitical and start business negotiations that helped India gain this new contract and they're going to be starting manufacturing there. 
Also, Apple needs to diversify because China, or sorry, China, during the lockdowns, they shut down business. I can't imagine how irate Tim Cook was to hear those kids can't put out those iPhones. How dare they stop for 18 seconds? They also caused it, but they started to think, well, this whole country's locked down. What does that do to our business? Basically cripples it. Because again, they had all their eggs in one basket. That was an over, overwhelming majority of manufacturing was in China. Of course, they, as silly as they, you know, they, they have a little laser engraving on the phones that say design in California, which is very similar to China in many ways. But it's one of those things where they started to think, how could we diversify our manufacturing capabilities? So if there are natural disasters, lockdowns, we don't lose 100% of our manufacturing capability or darn near 100%. So I think that's, when, that's going to be one of the reasons we continue to see increased manufacturing in India. I subsequently think laptop technologies from other third parties will go there as well. When I say third parties, I mean companies that are not, not Apple. So, you know, think of Hewlett Packard, Dell, and for all I know, they might actually manufacture a fair amount of them there. But it'll be interesting to see, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have Oracle stock dropping the biggest since 2002. Now, it looks like earlier this week, the shares dropped 12% on Tuesday. That is astronomically terrible. Now, it looks like the software company reported a disappointing revenue late Monday, issuing a weaker than expected guidance. And it looks like, yeah, the Safran Katz saying the transition to Oracle's center business to the cloud is, quote, resulting in some near-term headwinds to the unit's growth rate. It's a nice way of saying we're not growing as fast as we thought we would. Now, you also have Oracle, they topped earnings estimates well, the company reported a first fiscal revenue quarter of $12.45 billion, but it fell short of what the average business analyst estimate was, which was $12.47 billion, according to one LSEG. Now, for a current quarter, Oracle said that the revenue will increase 5% to 7%, falling short of the 8% that all the analysts thought they would. It's one of those fascinating things where, again, got managed expectations, had that good communication, and there's nothing Wall Street or investors hate or are scared more than Company's not performing to the expectations. Because rudimentally speaking, sounds like they only have their stuff together and confidence dwindles. Maybe they'll sell the stock. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. And of course, comes to business, uncertainty is what kills a lot of deals and a lot of initiatives. Pretty much darn near everything. Other interesting business news, you have the WWE and the UFC officially merged into one corporate entity known as TKO Group. Now estimated to be worth at $21 billion. I never in my lifetime, I never thought wrestling would be worth that much. I know, you know, the UFC is also worth a lot as well, but growing up, scrolling through the channels and seeing what some, some, I would never say this, but someone pejoratively call opera for hillbillies, they would have all the wrestlers jumping through the stands I would never thought that'd become a billion dollar entity. Now, all the power to Vince McMahon. He's a brilliant businessman. He's grown the company exponentially. This also is a little bit of a sad story in terms of he's losing control. So he was the face of the WWE for my whole lifetime. And he controlled the company, fiscally speaking as well, in addition to being the, you know, the leader and the face of the company. He also had the biggest vested interest. Now, in this deal, he now loses a majority control. Now it looks like a group by the name of Endeavor, they own 51% of the newly formed entity. Now, you have Vince McMahon owning 16.4% of TKO under the terms of the deal. Now, it looks like Vince McMahon had owned a controlling stake WWE since purchasing from his father in 1982. And in terms of the breakdown of valuations, the WWE was valued at 
9.3 billion dollars and the ufc coming in at 12.1 billion dollars which to me that makes a lot more sense Rudim anecdotally speaking when i'm talking to folks and you know asking them what are they doing this weekend you know what kind of sports ball is you watching it seems like more and more people are saying ufc there's a i think i don't know how much they spend on marketing or advertising but in that regard they are killing it everyone is talking about them and i can see how they're worth you know 12.1 billion still more impressive WWE in the game when they merged they valued the company at 9.3 billion dollars it's also one of those funny things where the WWE, there's a lot of acting involved. It's a story-driven type of entertainment. When UFC is known for literally just being raw, you know, raw, unedited, beat the crap out of the other person using a myriad of techniques, whether it's jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, double um, wizard stuff, perhaps. All of it's pretty much. And that's known for being very brutally real. So it is... Is it ironic or kind of hilarious or a little, a little funny that two very different companies ended up merging in this instance? But it'll be interesting to see, you know, they have two successful business entities. Will they be even stronger together? It'll be interesting to see, but as I say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Apple coming out with a climate change video. And it's being roasted on Twitter, or as a youth might say, it was viscerally ratioed. Although they probably wouldn't call it Twitter, now it's called X. So they posted on the X. Still sounds awkward as hell. So it looks like it's a couple minutes long and it's posted by Mr. Tim Cook. And I mean, within one day, in terms of analytics, it got a lot of views. Within one single day, got 17.4 million eyeballs glued onto it. Although not many people liked it. Well, overall, it looks like 50. 1,700 people liked it at the time, given the ratio of 0.29%. Which again, you're one of those beloved companies ever. People love their iPhone, they love the iMac, the iPad, the eyeballs, I don't give a damn. People love that stuff. It, personally, I can't help but think, oh yeah, every time you buy it, 50% is profit. It, they're the most successful, the most successful tech company ever in terms of profitability. Even making more money than oil companies a couple years back. But, I partially digress. We'll play this video right here. And let me know in the comments. I've evaluated a couple softwares to try to have video and video. The last one I tried subsequently actually had the camera be crashed. So the software crashed when I was trying to use it. I don't know if it's because this is a higher end camera. It's supposedly, it's 4K. And I'm always wondering, I'm looking at the screen, trying to make sure everything is in focus. I swear this autofocus is a little bit inebriated because from time to time, it will just blur things and annoy the living bejesus out of me. Let me know in the comments. I'm open to critique, and obviously I appreciate all the feedback as we try to make the show better and better, and I want to be able to show these in real time to improve the quality of the show. So I appreciate your patience, especially as everyone clicks the subscribe button, and we make it better together. Without further ado, we'll play this little clip from Apple. And this is Tim Cook's text. He originally, before the video, he says, and I don't know, um, is there an accent exclusively reserved for douchey people? Nevertheless, I'll just say, uh, I'll pretend, I'll be Tim Cook for a second. I already have a lot, fair amount of gray hair. Only, well, let's see. Quote, at Apple, we believe that climate change is one of the world's most urgent priorities, and we are deeply committed to doing our part. Today, we had a special guest, a real force of nature. Stop by and check our progress. Unquote. And without further ado, Apple's commercial? 
Unrealistic. There's a very large person walking down the hall. There's no earthquake, though. The camera's... is shaking, though. The camera, the camera's shaking. Uh, Welcome to Alpha. Welcome to Hi, I'm she should be here any minute. How is the weather coming? Uh, Hi, I'm Tim. Yeah, I'm gonna do the offices already carbon neutral, right? Yeah, all yours. Uh, the office is already carbon neutral, right? Already, it's moronic beyond all belief. All these Apple employees are nervous and scared for this special guest. And they're like cleaning the office, getting rid of the gun wrappers behind plants. The CEO of Apple is right there. So is it the message is that they're more scared of cli climate activists than the leader of the company? Like, why wouldn't you clean this office before the CEO is in there? Like if Steve Jobs was there, well, there'd be a lot more innovation to begin with. But it's one of those instances where why do you have a candy wrapper by a plant. How lazy are people these days? Now, don't, I, I know the answer to that, unfortunately, quite, quite lazy, but I moderately, partially digress. We didn't keep you waiting. Oh, that's hilarious. So just like Jurassic Park, it sound, it looked like an earthquake. They showed the glass of water. It was moving back and forth and back and forth, back and forth. And as if there's a giant Godzilla coming. And the person that comes on screen is a very large African-American woman. I'm surprised they haven't gotten socially canceled for this, actually. Although maybe it's supposed to be comedy. Maybe we just misinterpreted it, the category of the video. Mother Nature, welcome to Apple. How was how the weather getting in? The weather was however I wanted it to be. What? So, is, is she the Mother Nature? What? Let's cut to the chase. In 2020, you promised to bring Apple's entire carbon footprint to zero by 2030. Henry David Thoreau over here said we have a profound... There's also opportunity to build a more sustainable future for the planet we share why is it so there's a there's a girl in the background i don't know if she's mocking her but she's just mouthing the words i think our 10 o'clock said the same thing they all do all right this is my tim cook looks scared and intimidated of this woman like the third corporate responsibility gig today so who wants to disappoint me first imagine getting paid to annoying businesses like this you're not improving the quality of anything to the customer, you're not decreasing the cost, not improving the customer experience. I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying someone's getting paid to bicker like this. And Apple's putting this commercial out, probably. Well, we- It's also hilarious. They have a lot of diversity in the room, except good old, there, there's no, there's like, Tim is the one, one white guy. I think there's, I think he might be mixed. Although, I don't think there's any Cubans in there, so I'm pers totally personally offended. I might have to write an angry letter. Although, given how messed up our society is, they probably give me a spot in their next commercial. And maybe a free iPhone, which I subsequently would not use, but still. We've got some updates we are excited to share with you. Materials? Status? Is there a materials person here? Yes. We are in the process of eliminating all plastic from our packaging by the end Let me guess. 
50 years from now when someone else is left holding the bag? By the end of next year, actually. When we're also currently using 100% recycled aluminum in the enclosures of all our MacBooks, Apple TVs, Apple Watch. What about iPod Shuffle? It's never enough. It's a good uh, metaphor for the situation. Well, I don't know. it's a joke. Don't you people make Ted Lasso? Oh, that's huh? it. So she, her joke was, what about the... Wait, let, let me rewind that. that. Wait, that was a what? It's a joke. What was the, what, what was the joke? Watch. What about iPod Shuffle? I guess the joke is they don't make that anymore. I, the joke is she's more a, a moron. She, she doesn't know the current product line offering, which again, I know her job is to bully them into compliance. It's not to actually know the business and how to improve things. But yeah, that, uh, again, I, that's not even a thing where it's like, it's not my type of humor. That's just, that's just not funny. Well, it's a joke. Actually, let me see here. Fact check proved it is not a good joke. The internet told me it must be true. I had to fact check her on that. Don't you people make Ted Lasso? Oh, that's a different group. Um, we're also phasing out leather in our iPhone cases. What about brand new? What? That's one of the most sustainable products of materials ever. Why would you get rid of leather? Leather is great. That's ridiculous. One of the greenest things you can do is utilize every part of the cow. Once we make them for juicy great steaks and perhaps a little filet mignon, why not make leather products? That that's the definition of sustainable. How again, I should not be too surprised. Most of these, not all, but it seems like many of these people are mentally and morally vacuous to say the least. But leather is great for a myriad of reasons. It's durable, renewable, and usually looks good, I would say. But that's just my three cents. Used to be four cents, but actually no, it used to be two cents. Dear God. But 40 year hyper, 40 year hyperinflation, gotta do three cents. Should do four, but I'm a generous man, though. Still free to click that subscribe button. Over there. They phasing you out too? Oh. Ah, wait, there was the diversity, the old white guy. Which of course he's of course he's the butt end of the joke. Every commercial in modern America is so boring as hell, it's the same copy-paste. No innovation, kind of like how every sitcom is always, have his, always has a pejorative, stupid-looking father. Think of every sitcom you've seen in the mainstream media the past couple of years, or decades. The father is always portrayed as the dumb moron every single time. Which is probably one of the, well, perhaps a good indicator of why our society has fallen so far, and perhaps why some men are disgustingly abdicating responsibility from being a father. Certainly sounds like it might be a contributing factor to the demise of our society, but maybe that's just me. And again, he has a leather jacket on. Leather jackets are great for the reasons I previously said. And unlike her, he actually put a modicum of effort into his apparel. And you look at the other man, and of course he did, as all men should, suit up. What's next? Electricity. Electricity status. Uh, uh, we're operating on 100% clean electricity. What runs on 100% clean electricity? Every Apple office, store, and data center runs on clean electricity, thanks to you and your powerful wind and, and sun. And Apple offices are already carbon neutral. This building is carbon neutral? Oh, yeah, we, we do it with a mix of clean energy and eliminating greenhouse emissions. It's kind of like if you were to... Uh... You're seriously explaining carbon neutrality to Mother Nature? 
Ah, uh, you seriously try to explain that to me? Again, negative, pejorative. Not surprised. Right, no, I'm sorry. You want to tell me how photosynthesis works too? Don't. I would just be a smartass because right now she's being a very ugly person. I mean, metaphorically in terms of her personality. I'll let you decide. Uh, there's a reason perhaps I'm not showing these images. They're um, unappealing to say the least. Um, also, over 300 suppliers have committed to using 100% clean, renewable electricity. What's next? Transportation. Uh, and I can't help but notice they're probably not going to mention the most cleanest and efficient energy because they're against that. Nuclear, which is right now the best technology we currently have to actually create electricity. And I would argue actually 100% renewable and green because at the end of the day, depleted uranium is one of the most dense substances on the planet. The military uses them for tank busters. So seems like a win-win, but of course they want energy that's not fiscally green and pretends to be green for the environment. I'm proud to report that we're shipping more products by ocean rather than air, which reduces transportation emissions by 95%. 95%? Not too bad. I'm of course she has a scowl like it's still not good enough. Never is. And they say they're transporting by oceans. Guess what ocean travel uses? What is it? Oh yeah, a lot of diesel. So again, we'll see. Where do they go from here? Also happy to report that we're investing in projects around the world that protect the Earth's soil, plants, and trees. <laughs> Everyone says they're planting trees. We've planted... Again, the white guy's always the butt end of the joke and look, made to look the dumbest. And of course, it's not good enough. Forest. Oh, hello. Where? Paraguay, Brazil. What, are you trying to save the... It's like a hitman in a bad movie, in a really mediocre movie, which is perhaps a good metaphor for this whole thing. Now she's circling around the employees like a mob boss. It's a pretty apt metaphor when it comes to some of the situation. Tropical savanna. Yes. And we've also restored mangroves in Colombia. What else? Grasslands in Kenya. Why? Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Then we die. Did they not know that? What about your water usage? We've reduced it. By how much? 63 billion gallons. 63 million? Billion. Oh, this is so painful. Oh, I can't... She might, maybe she, she must secretly do a lot of exercises. Somehow the main character is able to put her arms behind her. I was, I'm actually pretty shocked. And of course, looking ominously out into the window, into the gloom of the Apple campus. It's almost done, I promise. Tim Cook looks nervous. As you can see, we've innovated and retooled almost every part of our process to reduce our impact on the planet. But there's still a lot more work to do. And Always there's is. something else we wanted to share with you. Our crappy You're watches. You're not trying to bribe Mother Nature with Apple swag. It's Apple's very first carbon neutral product. Wow. Is there mm. watches? I want to see you do more. Which are great for the environment, because I know the people who buy them throw them away within 24 months to get another one, and another one, and another one. But yes, they do care about the environment very much so. They just actually use software to make their phones obsolete when the new model comes out, which has been proven in court multiple times. But but they love the environment, even though they make disposable products and actually use software to make it worse. But 
what, what else does Mother Nature have to say in her infinite wisdom? More of this. You will. When? By 2030, all Apple devices will have a net zero climate impact. All of them? All of them. They better. They will. They better? Why is Tim Cook intimidated by this blob? It's like oh. a standoff in a shitty movie. Okay, good. See you next year. Don't disappoint your mother. Oh, the plant is coming back to life. Ooh. Ah, if Insufferable was a video, that was most certainly it. It's interesting, someone who is Mother Nature and is supposed to care about the environment, you think she would not utilize a disproportionate amount of resources consuming food. She had many chins. But, in all seriousness, there's nothing wrong with having a goal of sustainability or making a product that's green, or I would argue, or actually green for the environment. But, there is a certain way, and marketing, of course, is important, and framing is important. How you frame an issue, how you advertise what you're doing, and again, having Mother Nature come to the office and bitch and just boss, they boss around and intimidate the CEO of the most, one of the most successful tech companies on the planet, if not the most successful tech company on the planet. And I like how they didn't actually say the form of electricity they were getting. They, they never clarified, was it solar or wind? Are they getting 100% of their energy from wind? Well, no, that's not possible. But what are they really doing? But no, I would say... Interestingly enough, I was not the only one who found the video annoying and insufferable. So it had a pretty low ratio, 0.29% of people who saw the video actually appreciated it and liked it. Now, it looks like the top responses, hilariously enough, one was from Kronish. This person was saying, quote, stop using child labor for your cobalt, unquote. Funny, because it's accurate. And a little soul crushing. Now it also person that got 109.3 thousand views of that comment. And got 8,823 likes. Which is astonishing. That comes in at a ratio of 8.07%. That is ridiculously good. And I appreciate your patience. I know I have one of my it's a little rudimentary for myself right now, but one of the monitors over there just signaled that it was coming in and out of focus. So, autofocus is inebriated again, perhaps. You have someone by again of Furkan saying, quote, shut up and make some real innovation next time, unquote. Accurate and true. That's why that's funny. 180.1 180 views and 5,008 likes. Give them a ratio of 2.78%. Another one by the name of Banana Republic Justice saying, quote, Haha, -ha, Apple hasn't innovated since Tim or since Steve Jobs died. Tim Cook makes Mark Zuckerberg look talented, unquote. Which is hilarious because Mark Zuckerberg is known for the innovative business practice of copy paste. Control V. Kind of like Facebook threads, which again is a copy of Twitter. Failed miserably. Now, that person got 141.1 thousand, or rather 142.0 thousand views and 3,639 likes. Given the ratio of 2.56%. Coming in pretty good. Now, you also have someone by the name of Cat Turd, which is a famous 
interestingly enough, a famous Twitter user or X user. Now, this person just said, quote, clown cult, unquote. Short and simple, but effective, getting 39.6 thousand views and 3,090 likes. Well, it's pretty good, coming in at a ratio of 7.8%. You also have a name of a gentleman by the name of John, and he, John Bind, and he actually just did a meme of scientists, and the meme of the scientist says, quote, 97% of, of climate scientists agree they don't want to be defunded, unquote. That person got 42.5 thousand views and 1,885 likes. Pretty good ratio, coming at 4.44%. And overall, I saw very few comments actually impressed or pleased with the Apple video. And it's one of those fascinating things with marketing. Again, if they came at this with a different approach, I think it could have been a lot more effective. I, I don't know anyone who, like when it comes to a lot of initiatives, annoying people is usually not a prudent thing to do. And in this case, you have someone literally coming to the office and badgering the whole office and bullying the whole office to acquiesce to her seemingly endless demands. And again, another sign of a climate activist, she's never happy. She goes, oh. It's one of those things where just a couple different words, well, I was gonna say different actresses, different actors, and they made Tim Cook look intimidated. That, to me, that was the most pathetic thing. You have someone walk into the office, bully everyone, and you make Tim Cook, who's supposed to be one of the strong, well, supposed to be a strong, talented, innovative leader. I mean, you would argue he's neither of those things. You make him like intimidated by her. Like, so if you're a fan of Tim Cook, you probably are offended because again, you look up to this person. He's being bullied by a random mother, someone who's pretending to be mother nature, which is again, kind of a cliche thing. I don't know anyone who would, this would appeal to. And again, insulting leather, Ridiculous. One of the most renewable, greatest resources literally been utilized since the dawn of time. Moronic, to say the least. And again, depending on how you phrase it, it can be very effective to advertise the things your business is doing that could improve things for the environment. And I agree, some of those things are good. Aluminum is one of the most recyclable metals on the planet. It's fascinating how many times and how many different applications it really goes through. I'm all those people who actually watched a 15-minute documentary on the manufacturing of the design of the aluminum can, which was actually fascinating from an engineering perspective, but also gave me a little insight and a little information just goes to show you how recyclable it is. And I think just just failed in every regard. In terms of successful recycling programs, one of the most infamous ones is Texas. Texas used to have a, an issue where there's too much litter on the side of the roads. So Texas went out, got a good marketing advertising company, and they came together. They thought, all right, we're going to use a drum barrel. We're going to put this logo, or rather we're going to text on it. And it simply says, don't mess with Texas. Short, articulate, and got the point across. And it, it reminisces on a longstanding theme of don't mess with Texas. That recycling campaign was hugely successful and good for the environment. So it can be done. It's one of those things where... You just need to have perhaps just a modicum in the talent department for the marketing department. Because right now, that the whole commercial just came off as insufferable, to say the least. But that's just my three cents. You should be two cents, but for your hyperinflation, gotta do three. You should charge four, but I'm a generous man. What can I say? Other interesting culture news you have Nike 
abandoning their flagship store in Portland, Oregon due to rampant crime. Who would have thought? Another prime example of you get what you vote for. And also another state where it's actually illegal to have a plastic straw, but it is legal to have federally illegal illicit substances, which goes to show their state's priority. They're going after people who manufacture and distribute straws, plastic straws in particular, but you can have substances that are illegal on a federal level on you and they don't care. Has that attracted any businesses? Have you heard of a business moving to Portland, Oregon in the past 24, 36 months? I don't even have to Google that or Brave search it more accurately. No, they do not. If you look at where businesses are moving, they're moving to better states. States that have law and order, also freedom for businesses, places like Texas, Florida in particular. I would also argue that some of the best states in the union. Now, it looks like in particular, the Sole District Business Association said in a news release that the quote unquote community was dealt with another major economic blow after Nike finalized its plan to close and vacate the store at 2650 East Northeast Martin Luther King Boulevard. Which again, the business associate, this should not be a surprise to, for a lawless society for them to lose another business. Like, uh, absolutely not. Now it looks like Nike confirmed his plan in a statement to the Oregonian and Oregon Live. And they said that the company was reimagining Nike's retail space and considering the future locations as part of the community's long-term revitalization plan. That's a nice way of saying, we imagine we don't want our brand associated with crime and drugs and theft, so I imagine we will not have this store here ever again. And they subsequently said, yeah, we'll not have it. The store was actually closed for about six months earlier when they were trying to figure out, well, what on earth are we gonna do? There's also Oregon where they had the Chaz zone where they had literally no laws at all. And the government was, What's the nice way to say moronic enough? They let them do whatever they wanted and people died. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where they chose it. That's what they want there. And sad for the people who didn't vote that way, I would argue, get the hell out. You've had people like John Papa John, his grandfather moved from I believe, Germany hundreds of years ago, risked everything. He didn't have anything, he just came here. My family came from Cuba with nothing. Some might debate they actually made an imprudent choice since they ended up somewhere a little bit more dangerous in Cuba, south side of Detroit. But long term, they worked like hell. They got out of the very crime-ridden neighborhood, and now they're all successful in a myriad of different jobs and contribute to society. Now, it looks like the mayor of Portland, Mr. Ted Wheeler, said in a statement that he was very disappointed. I just imagine that's how Oregonians sound. Didn't even think that out. He was very disappointed with the news that the Nike's community store closure that his team and city staff had worked tirelessly and in good faith with Nike for almost a year to offer a creative solution for their safety challenges. Unquote. That, that's probably how people from Oregon sound. Let me know in the comments if you know that's true or not. It might be a fact check. It might be. But yeah, you should not be disappointed. You, the mayor, you allowed this. This is a direct correlation of your abdication from any modicum of responsibility. You let your city run lawlessness, crime is through the roof. How you should, I don't know how stupid this person is. He better not honestly be surprised that businesses are leaving in droves. And this is a very symbolic thing too, because this is their flagship store. A flagship store is supposed to be 
an innovative creative space where the store actually tests some proof of concepts they rearrange things they have new displays and they're usually fresher cleaner they're the pinnacle of what the brand can be and of course you can't have that in portland because there are more needles on the street than pricks in new york i, I don't know there's some pejorative funny joke in there if you squint hard enough but it should not be too surprising that nike that they left and ironically enough nike when you look at where their political donations go they're kind of they they voted for this too so interestingly enough will let me know in the comments will portland ever change will it will they attract a single business to move there in the next 12 24 months given the current landscape unless your business is selling needles or tents but even then they would steal it because again rampant crime they break through the windows and steal everything so even the things that they do consume, such as copious amounts of illegal drugs, needles, as well as, I presumably, tents, even though they would just be stolen. So actually, now that I think about it, no, no business should actually go there. But that's just me and perhaps a modicum of common sense. Let me know, would you visit, would you go there for vacation or move a business there? Let me know, I can't help but think, yeah, yeah prob pro probably not. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek Ramaswamy, and I appreciate a couple of responses noted my lack of understanding of his pronunciation, even though I did read his book. So one of those things were in my head, I thought it was pronounced one way. But perhaps I'll use his more common known street name when he used to rap in college, Devek. Pretty much, I think that's a little more interesting. So Devek said, quote, Yesterday, a man by the name of Owen Schrober was sentenced to prison for speech, not violence. On January 6th, for marching around the Capitol, using a bullhorn and shouting things like 1776. No evidence. Didn't enter the Capitol. That's it. I don't know how the guy and I have no idea if he's a quote-unquote good person or not, but that's not what our justice system is supposed to be determined. There is no greater threat to the First Amendment than the use of political power to silence political dissent. On day one, I will pardon all non-violent January 6th protesters and political prisoners. The DOJ used quote-unquote evidence provided by the FBI to pursue this man and countless others. Today at 11 a.m. in Washington, D.C., I will lay out a detailed plan for shutting down the FBI and other federal agencies. We'll live stream on at X. Now, that, of course, went viral, getting 1.5 million views in 10 hours. Now, I can't help but think he should probably subsequently be pretty concerned about his health, since the last time a president tried to shut down the FBI he, uh, and the CIA, he visited Dallas and it didn't end so well, interestingly enough. And actually, that president was also very anti-war. And then after the Dallas visit, the U.S. entered Vietnam. Coincidence? Or was that before? One of the things I need to brush up on my history. But needless to say, speaking out against certain things has not ended well for political folks. So pretty brave for him to take that stand. He's the only one saying this. Libertarian candidates have been saying this for decades. The issue is, you need a lot of money to get in politics. And you have the Democrats and Republicans, you have those parties, they raise a lot of money. And it's also unfair, I've actually interviewed someone from a Libertarian party, in particular, someone who's on the Libertarian ballot in Illinois, where he was going for, I believe, mayor and governors in different, a couple different races. He told me statistically, or rather numerically, you actually have more signatures than if you wanted to be a 
you want a primary or run for a mayor being a Republican, you only had to have X amount of signatures in order to get on the ballot to be has to vote on you. Now, for him as a libertarian candidate, he had to have like 2X the signature count. So there were actually steps where there's unfair for the party. And in full trans, oh, in terms of his view, it looks like both Republicans and Democrats have done this, which unfortunately has led to the modern society where it's kind of a uniparty system. You have Republicans, you have Democrats, and that's kind of about all the selection we get in the United States, for better or worse. Of course, many people would just call Republicans rhinos or pejoratively Republican in name only. Fascinatingly how they'll vote differently when they go to D.C., although it's never reversed. You never see a Democrat who's a closet Republican. I've yet to see that, but it is fascinating how many fake Republicans somehow get elected again and again and again. Which is a kind of reminder to watch the track record of who you support and either re-elect them or vote them out appropriately. Now, it looks like the top responses from Vivek's tweet you have some by the name of Trump Ramaswamy 2024 parody, which kind of guess their political affiliation right off the bat. Now, this person says, quote, This was a huge overreach by our justice system. Schrover was just using his First Amendment right. This is exactly what tyrants and dictators do. It cannot be allowed to happen in the USA. Unquote. This person got 13.8 thousand views and 370 likes. Coming in a pretty good ratio, 2.68%. Which... And if you think the substance of his tweet in response, that is most certainly true. This is the reason my family got the hell out of Cuba, thankfully, right as Fidel was taking over, and they were safely out by the time things got much, much worse. And of course, I know U.S. schools don't teach, teach history much, and I might butcher that history note earlier, but it's one of those issues where if you look at history books, or more accurately these days, search on the internet, the worst things that governments always do always happen after they imprison their opponents, they imprison the people who support them, imprison the journalists, then they take away the guns. And after that, the worst things humanity has ever seen happen. It's not like it's just happened once, it's happened every single time. Which is why I actually give a little tip or a little kudos to Ted Cruz, who famously had a good line where he said, there's only two reasons for the government to know what guns you have, to tax them or to take them. Which I believe is quite true, if you look at historically speaking, is exactly the reasons they do it, and it's exactly what happens. So, a little side note there. Now, another individual by the name of Jay Viper, he said, quote, I was shocked to see Owen was jailed. The lawyers involved in this are quite simply skirting around our freedoms. That's it. And the juries in D.C. are inevitably left, so it's impossible for any January 6th defendant to get a fair trial, unquote. Now, this person got 41.2 thousand views and 998 likes. Pretty darn good, coming in at a ratio of 2.42%, which is true. Depending on the location of where your trial is, traditionally, you should be able to relocate because you should, in theory, be able to have a fair trial by a jury of your peers or 12 people who weren't smart enough to get out of jury duty, but that's just a silly joke, some might say. I would never, 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 I would never make that kind of joke. Some might, but some might. But yeah, it's one of those issues where where you are geographically, there are vast political differences in the United States that could play a big role in whether you're convicted or you let go. It's one of those things where juries, juries are supposed to be unbiased, but inherently humans have bias, whether they believe it or not, when it comes to political affiliations. And I think you can certainly work hard to overcome it 
you, I think you need a more analytical mind. And unfortunately, nowadays, it seems like more and more people are leading with emotions rather than thoughts, logic, or reason, or facts, which I know are words that are all too lost for most conversations these days, unfortunately. Hopefully, things will turn around, but time to tell. Now, you also have someone by the name of Noah Ark Money saying, quote, this is clearly a double standard, unquote. This person got 18.7 thousand views and 199 likes, which pretty good coming in at a good old ratio of 1.06, which again, he has a good point. There's a lot, I think there's more and more people politically in the middle, I believe, and then even more on the right, where probably partially because they're the ones that are being subjected to these things, where they're seeing the discrepancies where you're seeing two different people commit the same crime, but one person is put in jail for 17 years, another is put in for not even 17 days. They're actually bailed out. And interestingly enough, politicians were bailing people out. Famously, Kamala Harris set up a fund to bail people out of Minnesota during the riots. I mean, the summer of love. So depending on your political affiliation, it kind of feel, it doesn't certainly feel fair or look fair if you look at this facts. Let me know in the comments. Do you think that's that's real or is it just, do they think, is that maybe it's just in their head? But with all the data we currently have, to me, it certainly seems unfair. You also have someone by the name of Niece Horn Daughter and she said, quote, thank you for having the balls to speak out, unquote. Getting 18.4 thousand likes and 100 rather, views and 194 likes, given the ratio of 1.05%. I swear they really need to make, of all the things the pharmaceutical industries do, why don't they have a pill for dyslexia yet? Of all the things, that'd be really handy, but they're busy doing other things, of course. So if you look at the overall the comments for Vivek's tweet, overwhelmingly supported. And interestingly enough, I do think he has more of a diverse following than previously, because when I look at a couple of his tweets, you do have some people who do not like him who are following him, or at least they're viewing his posts and they're actually leaving pejorative or negative comments. And don't get me wrong, some of them are articulate good critiques, but it seems as if he has a fairly diverse following. And again, I don't work at X or Twitter. We don't know the actual data on every single person who follows him. Actually, given everything that Twitter collects in terms of your political affiliations, everything you like to do, or your air you breathe, Elon probably knows exactly the demographics, not just the age, you know, the age location of the people who follow these folks, but also their political affiliation, which has very valuable data. It'll be interesting to see what Twitter does with it as they unfortunately acquiesce to traditional tech companies where they kind of they don't value your privacy, they just want all the data for all the profit. Which some might say we just didn't buy, buy Twitter blue enough because they didn't it wasn't making enough money or it wasn't making a profit and he has investors. So that's just my little three cents on that situation. I think it'll help out in the polls a little bit. I think that message is resonating with a lot of folks. And of course I do agree. He's probably alienating a, lot, a couple of folks who are maybe traditionally woke or leftist, depending on how you define the political areas. The folks who are very much, you know, everything Trump did was evil. All these people should be jailed. And then you have me kind of, I would say more in the middle, depending on the topic we're going over. And I can help, help but notice, Oh, the police opened the doors for the Capitol. They actually guided people through the building. And you had some people like an old lady just walking around the Capitol. And she wasn't violent at all, but they still prosecuted her. Like, so, and some people just didn't know. And these Capitals, a lot of these places had public actual tours. And some people thought it was just a tour. So again, certainly from what I'm seeing, doesn't feel fair. And I think this message will resonate with people in the middle, which in terms of movements on the political chessboard, that's really what you want to do. You want to gather the people in the middle, the undecided voters, 
as crazy as it sounds, there are still undecided voters. Well, especially for the primary when you're trying to decide who's going to be the nominee for the party. That's really where you try to get, you got to get the people in the middle as well as the traditional Republicans if he wants to be the Republican nominee. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Kevin McCarthy doing something. I, I, I know I'm shocked as well. And they're apparently going to finally try to impeach Biden after, you know, six, eight plus months. Now, he gave a little video and of course he has a little text before it. Now, I'll go ahead and I'll dive in. And again, I apologize. I, for liking me, I can't tell how the focus is doing these days. I need to get a jumbotron to put it on the opposite wall so I can better see things. Or eventually we'll grow the channel enough where I actually hire some folks full time where they can assist with the show and make sure it's always perfectly in focus. And of course, get the picture in picture. Ideally, I don't know why, I just think it'll be above that shoulder. Intuitively, perhaps. And again, let me know if you have a software you recommend in the comments. We greatly appreciate it. I've researched a couple and I've tried a couple, but they keep a couple of them just keep crashing. Now, Kevin did some text before the video. So Kevin McCarthy said, quote, again, he's a speaker. He is saying, quote, I'm directing our House committees to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Over the past several months, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct, a cult of corruption. Unquote. Now, there are a couple issues in terms of not taking a vote, and we'll dive into that shortly. But without too much further ado, I'll play it with a Months that we were gone in the weeks, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now, here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars. Well, that, that's interesting because we were told they had no involvement at all. Completely disconnected is what we were told. And of course, they would never lie to us. Oh wait, yeah, that's like their specialty. Into his sons and his son's business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shell companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family had been off. And then when it comes to the Ukraine issue with the, again, well, now they're making, they're getting over $100 billion to get them thus far and counting. That's the fascinating thing where Biden admitted it. So Biden's son was making, what, $74,000 a month working at this energy company, being on the board of directors, because he is 
Nothing says you know a lot about energy like a crackhead. Well, they certainly have a lot of energy. They move around a lot, apparently. So perhaps there may be some correlation, but obviously I'm joking. So he's making about, I think, 75 grand a month. And some of his, apparently there's an investigation in the Ukraine where someone was looking into the corruption. And Biden said, if you don't drop this investigation, you don't get this billion dollars from the United States. And on stage in front of people, Biden said, oh, yeah, yeah, they've ADF and dropped it after I said that. And again, if this were any other, if this is a Republican president, I guarantee you this would be on CNN, MSNBC, 24-7. And yet, hardly anyone paid attention in this case, which is partially, politically speaking, I think Biden's strength is that people just don't perceive him as being any threat because he's so, some might say, mentally compromised or he... He, the marketing behind him just always seems soft, so to say. Offered special treatment by Biden's own administration. Treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan for Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. Now, I do not make this decision lightly. And regardless of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale, and that the federal government is not being used to cover up the actions of a politically associated family. Now, I would encourage the president and his team to fully cooperate with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers for the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. We will go wherever the evidence takes us. Thank you very much. So, I'll be damned. Republicans are appearing to do something, which I should have, I should have taken the history book off the shelf to note this because it is a rare instance. Now, will there be substance behind this investigation? I think that's the real question. And Well, in terms of substance, we know there's a lot of evidence. There's, there's even evidence the public sees. Now, when I say substance, I mean, will Republicans actually do something about this? Now, interesting enough, some of the comments were mixed, as this is a politically diverse topic. Obviously, if you're in the middle, you probably see the corruption yourself. Or if you're on the right, you see the corruption and it's just a politics thing as well a little bit. So they're happy. But then you have people on the left, hilariously, who are calling this a witch hunt, which can't help but be reminiscent of all the investigations on Trump, which, again, turned out to be nothing, like the Russian allegations. Turned out the Clintons actually invented the whole thing, but nevertheless. And when it comes to Clintons, I must say I love life. I would never, I never take my own life, for the record. Now you have the top comments, Mr. Dave Wiseman, 
saying, quote, this is nothing more than an abuse of power on brand for Kevin McCarthy, unquote. Now, interestingly enough, I looked at this person's profile. They are a radical leftist. Definitely not in the middle. Definitely not on the right. And someone who praised Trump being prosecuted for and actually investigated into. It'll be interesting to see if anything sticks on Trump. That's that's where I'm a little skeptical. We'll see. Now, that, that response got 146.2 thousand views and 4,131 likes, coming in a ratio of 2.83%. Not too shabby. Now, it looks like you have somebody by the name of Maga Michelle. Well, kind of guess her political identity there. And here responding to David above, the guy who said abuse of power, she said, they have, quote, they have evidence to impeach. They should impeach. Remember when Democrats impeached Trump over a whistleblower with no evidence? Unquote. Now, she got 30,500 or 30.5 thousand views and 7.1% ratio. So when it comes to the ratio wars, 7.1. I know public schools are all time low for tech scores, particularly mathematics. 7.1 is greater than 2.83. As youth might say, she ratioed him. You also have some by the name of Andrew C. Lawfer bringing up a good point. He says, quote, why didn't you hold a vote on whether to have an impeachment inquiry, Kevin? Unquote. This person got 27.7 thousand views and 755 likes coming in at 2.73% ratio. Now, that also brings together a good point because it's one of those instances where they critiqued the Democrats for doing this exact same thing in terms of launching the impeachment without the vote. And it's also an issue where Let's say they find even more evidence than we already have. Well, they would have to count on Republicans to vote for it. Counting, counting on Republicans to vote strategically for something that would benefit the Republican Party is like winning the lottery. I'm not saying it never happens. It's happened. But the odds are of one in 386 million or something like that. Like So many of them just abdicate from responsibility for doing the right thing. They consistently are, I mean, rhinos are a dime a dozen, the Republican names only, the pejorative term for those turncoats. They, they consistently vote for the other party on many things that are ideologically key to their beliefs or supposed to be key to their beliefs. So that's the issue here. Let's say they find all the evidence here. Democrats are, Democrats are going to vote for impeachment. I wouldn't think they're going to switch sides. They're, politically speaking, the Democrats are very better, they're very organized. They don't break ranks, so to say. They vote as a monolith, which perhaps helps because of the lack of mental capacity. Kind of joking because we're talking about Fetterman in a couple minutes here, but it's also one of those issues where from a strategic political view, that's good. Is it good for the country? No, I think it's actually best when you have both sides discuss, discussing and debating all topics and voting appropriately, especially based on your local constituents. I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily good for our country when we just vote based on your party affiliation. I think that could be long-term detrimental actually. Perhaps one of the things leading to this precipice of the moments. Now, you also have someone by the name of Joy Mariano saying, quote, took my nine months and gats having to nearly throw you out, unquote. He got 33,000 views and 2,899 likes. Pretty good coming out of a ratio of 8.78%. Winning the ratio of the day. Now, that's another good point. They took nine months to get off their ass and do this. Pardon the French. And... Matt Gates, he is one of the few Republicans who actually has a spine, which is hard to find most of them. I would say most politicians these days, pretty squirmy or slimy, swirly, slime, all of the above. And Matt Gates did actually threaten 
Mr. McCarthy with his speakership role saying, we gave you these powers to do these things, but you're not doing anything. The Democrats on the other side, they've actually had Trump's son come and several times have to testify. Yet the crackhead who has been doing these international deals and pretty clearly selling influence, he hasn't been called in once, I don't think. Because he's, again, whatever. So are they really going to have the votes to do anything about this? Or are they just posturing for, is he just doing this to make Matt Gates happy and maybe make some voters happy? So those instances where Republicans could have overturned Obamacare back in the day, but they didn't, I suspect, because it was a political thing they could use to gain votes, influence, and money from their supporters. They could have overturned it. They didn't. They even they barely tried, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any teeth to this bite, so to say. Let me know in the comments. Do you think if they find even more evidence, will they have the votes to actually do anything about it? Or will Republicans just acquiesce from all responsibility? Will, will Democrats change their side? Will they vote differently? Let me know in the comments. I'd be fascinated to see where you think it's going to go. Other interesting political news, you have John Fetterman having a video on the Biden impeachment query, getting 1.4 million views in a single day. Now, there's a lot of things wrong with John Fetterman besides having the, what is it, the brain aneurysm, the stroke, so he can't really understand what people are saying, can't really speak well. He also wears gym shorts to our government institutions. Gym shorts. This is the antithesis of suiting up. It's almost as if someone you see at the facesofwalmart.com, a highly entertaining website, it's one of those instances where it just looks sloppy, lazy, inept, all the above. Everyone knows for special occasions, real men always suit up. You look the best. Kevin McCarthy did. Doesn't take much effort, just, just a little bit. But no, maybe we should praise him. He did gross little facial hair and he actually has a collar on and buttons. Now, granted, it looks like something you got at Bass Pro, which, I would, for the record, nothing wrong with that, but there's a time and place for that attire and apparel. Unless you're working at Bass Pro, or wherever you bought that. No, that, that's not what... And then again, his handlers, or his uh, assistants, which, yeah, it's going to be a hard job, they have the respect to suit up. He even has a tie. But, of course, Ferdinand does not. It's only about 21 seconds long, and interestingly enough, it's probably the first time that they've actually had some instances where it is actually the first time he's somewhat comprehensible. You could kind of hear what he has to say, which is one of those instances as well with Mike's, with, um, when it comes to firemen, you really can't, I mean, most of it is gibberish to say the least. So let me go ahead and I'll, without further ado, play it here. I ask you about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment in has said he's going to- Oh my God, really? Oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> oh, don't do it, please don't do it. Oh no, oh no. Or perhaps he's just taking on his true form, a walrus which might be an insult to the Wallace community, in which case I appropriately apologize. Now, interestingly enough, 
His life kind of makes sense because Republicans, historically speaking, they really don't get much done. So is there really, do you think this, the impeachment will actually happen? That's a big question. Now, in terms of responses, again, you have 1.4 million views in a single day and 12,700 likes, which pretty good coming in a ratio of 0.91%. Now, the top results being Linder P Little Red Riding Pill saying, quote, whatever contempt you have for the Democrats, it's not nearly enough, unquote. And she got 6,976 views and 340 likes, which is quite impressive. It comes at a ratio of 4.87%, which quite good. You also have somebody by the name of Debbie Laughlin saying, quote, it's not Fetterman, unquote. She got 3,416 views and 95 likes. Not the best ratio, but still coming in at 0.28%. And that is actually another theory people are having. And they actually having pictures like before and after. And the shape of his head looks different, interestingly enough. And in many ways, he looks like a different person. So there's some people already wondering, did they replace John Fetterman? Because this person can actually put three words together. So some people are wondering, did they replace him with a body double? Is there, in and of itself, is there going to be another conspiracy about that? That'll be an interesting thing to see as it progresses. You also have someone by the name of Rebecca Payton saying, quote, something tells me this is exactly what Democrats want. Due to Fetterman's lack of controlling his emotions to strokes, his responses with laughter was legit, unquote. She got three, no, 6,458 views and 113 likes, coming in a ratio of 1.75%, which is pretty good. You also have someone by the name of Space Gangster, which... I can guess his territory. Now, he's saying, quote, that's not the same guy, unquote. He got 12.2 thousand views and 200 likes, coming down 1.64% ratio. So it'll be interesting to see. But right now, it almost does seem like a joke. Because again, historically speaking, Republicans, have, they don't vote enough together to get much done. Let me know. Is, do you think they'll actually go through with the impeachment? And then, I guess, perhaps in terms of John Fairman, do you think he'll ever actually suit up like all men should? I can't help but think for him, but outlook is not so good. Other interesting political news, you have UPS raising prices after caving to the unions and paying drivers $170,000 in benefits per year and cash. It's one of those funny things where people always ask me, you know, where they always actually will pejoratively say in the comments, that's the total cost. That's not just cash. They health care, eye care. I know, but at the end of the day, that costs the company money. The cost that affects the consumer, when I'm looking at a lot of these situations, I'm wondering, what's the difference to the business, the consumer, the employee? What's, what's the whole big picture look like? And again, they're not giving them stock options. I think that would actually be a better way to incentivize people in terms of having them a vested interest in the company to succeed so you work harder. But some people would say that's, some people would say that's the antithesis of a union where they just want to get paid more for being there and existing longer. Not a lot of time. Some people might say that. Now, in terms of this, UPS signed a five-year contract with the Teamsters group. So the Teamsters union, these drivers will not get, and not all of them, but they're going to be 170 k per year to deliver a package. And again, it's a hard job. I know people are telling me in the comments, you sweat like hell, you got to be quick on the money. And you're also competing with Amazon and FedEx. So I would say increasing the cost is not a prudent business idea. Now, of course, also one of the things, my main concerns about this was the consumer. How is this going to hurt mom and pop shops? How is this going to hurt folks who have individual UPS franchisee stores? What about people who ship things for a living? That's going to increase their cost. And of course they are. I don't want to say I called it, but 
Well, no, actually, I do kind of want to say that. I do want to say that. I did call it. So, again, this is after the New Deal was with increased wages and benefits by 3.3% over the life of the agreement. It average that the all average full-time driver would be $170,000 total compensation. Specifically, UPS said, to help cover the expenses, the shipping giant will have to raise rates by 5.9% and 6.9% hike a year earlier. Wow. And find ways to cut costs by using radio frequency identification to track packages. I'd also, they're not saying it, but i also say automation. You're going to you're gonna have to figure out how to cut some costs, folks. Now, the most hilarious thing that UPS said was, they believe that a combination of reasonable prices and reliable service will bring back consumers who left during the strike talks. Yeah, that's, that's not how it works. People, people, are cons- people stopped doing business with you during the strike for many reasons, one of them being concerned that the prices would increase. So, so yeah, why would they go back and reward this behavior? You have people now making more money to deliver packages than someone who works in IT at corporate office. So there are already negative reviews on Glassdoor and review sites where you have employees at the corporate office now wanting increasing their wages, which again would increase the cost of goods sold and precipitously increase all the prices for everyone. So it's one of those issues where, and some people ask, why is this in the politics part of the podcast? Well, the biggest political contributors are unions. One of the, I mean, they, they donate literally billions to political campaigns, or predominantly overwhelming to one side of the aisle. I think one time they did repu- donate to a Republican, allegedly. I'll have to fact check that. It allegedly happened one time. Maybe two. And they basically are like one of the political, one of the biggest political influencers people I'm talking about. I'd also, you know, specifically pretty unfair all the negotiations where unions will get someone elected and then they'll kick them back a juicy contract. Some would say that's illegal and immoral. Uh, maybe you would say that morally vacuous, but time and place, we'll have a good old debate on that one of these days where we dive full deep into the nuances of that bleak relationship. Other interesting political news, you have DeSantis gets near half a million views for a tweet on the new MNRA COVID booster and the caution he has around it. And in terms of DeSantis, that is going viral. If you look at most of his views, most of his posts actually, they will get between 30 and 70,000 views, maybe a couple hundred thousand. So to get half a million is really good for DeSantis. And interestingly enough, we do have some mixed responses, but in terms of the text, he said, quote, Today, at Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Ladpo is advising caution regarding the use of the hastily approved MNRA COVID boosters. We will not stand by and let the FDA and CDC use Floridians as guinea pigs for MNRA jabs and have that have not been proven to be safe or effective, unquote. Of course, because of my three cents, ask your local doctor that you ideally trust and relationship with for your health advice. Now, interestingly enough, yeah, he got 480.2 thousand views in five hours. So for him, that's really good. Because again, within, on average, I say within a day, he will at most get between maybe 30, 60,000, a couple hundred thousand if he's lucky. So pretty darn good. And out of that 480.2 thousand views, he got 4,874 likes. So pretty good ratio for a politician. That's 1.01%. Again, above his average, I would say. Now, interestingly enough, 
Although the comments are, again, this is a controversial issue for many people, so it's not too surprising that the comments are a little bit mixed. Now, you have someone by the name of Human, which presumably, of all the profiles to be AI, I would, can't help but think that's probably them. But nevertheless, Human claims, quote, the claim by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Surgeon General Dr. Ladpo about the MNRA COVID-19 boosters being unproven is misleading and risky, unquote. This person got 8,377 views and 383 likes, given the ratio of 4.53. So that's, that's a pretty good ratio. A lot of people agreed with that sentiment. We also have a negative comment from David Duke saying, quote, or sorry, Devin Duke saying, quote, there are elderly Floridians who die because of this tweet, merely so Ron can score some conspiracy crowd points. Unquote. This person got 2,692 views and 240 likes. Pretty impressive coming in a ratio of 8.92%. Which is quite impressive. Now, you do have a couple positive ones. You include a tweet from Mark and Rant Patty saying, quote, thank you, Governor DeSantis, unquote. The person got 6,542 views and 48 likes, coming in at a ratio of 0.73%. Now, interestingly enough, let me know in the comments, do you think this will help him politically speaking in the polls? And do you think it's authentic? In terms of historical, when we had, I would say, much less data at the time, couple years back when the first vaccines were coming out he actually fully praised it and there's a video of him not just praising it but you know telling about how it would work and actually you know i think overseeing kind of like we watch a ship being put in the water they sh hit with a champagne bottle he was there when they were deploying vaccines in florida so there's a lot of people pointing that video out and responses as well and i wonder i think there are increased skepticism but i wonder where that is politically speaking if it's in the middle politically speaking this might help him out because again, if you're running for president, you need not just to, can't just get the people on the right and the people on the left to vote for you accordingly. If you're going, if you're a nominee on the left or a nominee on the right, but you do need to gather some of those independent voters, some of those libertarian voters, who sometimes, depending on the political news cycle, they'll actually vote with a party affiliated candidate that is not libertarian. So it'll be interesting to see. I think I don't know my three cents with this situation with anecdotal data when I see on social media. I think this will resonate with some people who are more in the middle politically speaking. And I think you might gain a little bit, but I'm not sure if it'll alienate the Republic because there are, you know, there are Republicans who do not agree with that statement. I wonder if they would offset it with a direct proportion or if it'd be an increase. So it'd be a net benefit to his political campaign. It's hard to say. I almost think it'd be neutral in terms of the gain versus loss, but let, let me know in the comments. Do you think this is a winning political issue? So to say, and do you think other candidates are going to come out with similar sentiments? It'll be interesting to see as this as oddly enough, many things devolve into politics is a very hot political issue. And of course, we might not see, see this video at all because a lot of the videos on it are getting subsequently censored, or interestingly enough. Sometimes history just repeats itself. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have the Porsche Taycan and the Audi e-tron GT, both recall. And they're both EVs, which still make an EV Porsche. Uh, talk about poor taste, but that's just me. Now, recall is due to defective batteries. Specifically, the sealing of the batteries, well, it's not so good. Now, it looks like the affected vehicles could suffer a liquid intrusion into the battery and potentially cause damage or fire to the vehicle. That's not too good, especially because one of the biggest detriments to EVs when they go into flames, they go into flames. And fire departments, they will someday, 
they're not currently equipped with the appropriate fire suppression materials. It's one of the reasons if you go to a racetrack for a fun race weekend, they don't allow EVs. It's not just because they think EVs are boring as hell. Some people do, but it's for safety reasons. Gasoline is much easier to put out with traditional fire suppression units. Lithium ion fires, you need a whole different set of materials and a whole different set of insurance. So a lot of tracks actually do not have those there in terms of the ability to suppress a fire. So they just ban them all together. And again, as time goes on, I'm sure you'll have more fire departments adopt those technologies, but that's another issue. And of course, I would say, I would argue they're also more, much more volatile. If you look at lithium ion fires, much more detrimental. Whereas traditionally you might, if you're lucky, have a good little fire extinguisher in your car and you could hopefully salvage it, depending on the situation if it's an internal combustion engine, but another topic for another time, perhaps. Now it looks like the effective vehicles were built between September 22nd, 2022 to August 25th, 2023. And the recall specifically concerns 4,777 Porsche Taycan models and 1,899 e-tron GTs, made by Audi, same parent company, good old Volkswagen. And it looks like the company is expecting roughly 3% of the population to be subject to the water ingress issue. So the, neat, the, good, the silver lining and the good news is, statistically speaking, you're probably okay, though obviously go to a dealer as soon as possible, get it repaired. But in terms of the percentage of vehicles affected, it's 3%. So again, they're going to replace them, you know, good old company policy is you place them all all by default but it looks like realistically about three percent are effective according to what i'm reading here now they also say the first issue came to light in 2022 when porsche and audi identified a limited number of cases where reduced insulation resistance values suggested liquid could be entering the batteries from of certain vehicles this prompted the battery supplier doc slimer group to introduce a new torosion brand sealant in september last year to try to improve the robustness of the battery seal so it's like subsequently they were able to actually fix it and use a little bit better with sealant. And thankfully, again, with the data we have now, doesn't sound like anyone was hurt from the situation. So it doesn't sound like it was a, it's not being a recall forced upon them by the government, which in my opinion, always looks worse than trying to get it out ahead of the situation yourself. So it looks like it's much more of a voluntary recall. They're reaching out directly to consumers and they'll be able to get their vehicles fixed. I was about to say and enjoy them, but let's be honest, if you're getting a Porsche, just get a 911 with a stick shift because that's really what you want. And that's really the peak way to really appreciate the embodiment of Porsche. But that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, got it to three. Should be four, but what can I say? I'm a generous man. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in today. Again, we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September, so you click that button. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, the comments are really appreciated. I take the feedback seriously. I try to get to all of them when I can and appreciate the cordial conversations we're able to have each other and the feedback that helps make the show better. And if you have any software suggestions, greatly appreciate that. Try to get the picture in picture and when we work together, we'll get, make it better slowly but surely. Also, don't forget to take the time to like the video because that helps out with the algorithm as well. Lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.